Hey guys, how's it going? I hope you've had a great week. I hope your Easter was pretty awesome. I have to say that mine was. I have eaten lots and lots of jelly beans. Um, this is from my family. They gave me a cac cactus, I guess, jar of jelly beans. One of my favorite candies to eat this time of year. So welcome. We're glad that you're here today. And in the chat, if you would just go ahead and say hello and uh, just wish everybody well. And I'd also like you to type whether you are an extrovert or an introvert. So which one are you? Do you love to be around people and you're just energized by people and crowds and, and just totally missing all those parties and whatnot? Or like last year during the pandemic, were you just like totally fine with not being around people for a long time? So, um, so go ahead and, and share that. And the reason why I ask that is because today we're in back into our CrossFit sermon series where Pastor Tone is going to be talking about the spiritual discipline of solitude, solitude. And for some of us, it's a big struggle. I have to say, I identify as an extrovert. I love people and just everything about that. And it's a hard thing for me to be alone, be by myself and to spend time with God that way. But we're going to find out about how Jesus made that a priority, even though he was surrounded by lots and lots of people, lots and lots of crowds wanting to, to hear from him, to be with him all the time. So uh, we're grateful that you're here with us. We have a lot of great things coming up, and we're going to be sharing a little bit more about that and the announcements during the service. I'm also going to throw up on the screen a QR code and that's for you. If this is your first time with us, welcome. We're glad that you're here. And we hope that you'll participate in the chat during the service, uh, make comments, questions, concerns, all those types of things. And uh, a QR code can tell you more about the church and things that are coming up, as well as bring you to our connection card that'll kind of uh, help us connect better and also help us with any prayer requests, anything that you having going on in your life that we can be praying for too from wherever you are so um so sit back relax um but i also hope that you'll put aside any distractions that you might be in the room there with you in your living room kitchen car wherever that way you can you can fully focus and hear from god during today's service so welcome we're glad that you're here and get ready to worship Over the grave, 
There's nothing that can stop our God. There's nothing that can stop our God. There's nothing that can stop our God. There's nothing. There is nothing. There's nothing that can stop our God. There's nothing that can stop our God. There's nothing that can stop our God. There's nothing. Who there's nothing. Come on, declare it as we say there's nothing. There's nothing that can stop our God. No, no, there's not. There's nothing that can stop our God. Death lost to life, heaven and 
my heart cries out to you belongs the glory with every loss or victory my soul will rise to only bring you glory with every breath that's in my lungs my heart Let your praise rise. Let your thanksgiving rise then. For he is worthy of all of our praise, of all of our adoration, of all of our thanksgiving, not because of anything that he's done, but because of who he is. He deserves the highest praise because he is worthy. He is worthy. Father, we offer you our life. We give you the highest praise because you do deserve it all. You deserve it all, Father. Nor we celebrated Easter last week and we think about the resurrection and we celebrate that. But see, there's so much that he offers us beyond the cross and beyond the grave because he calls us to life and he calls us to life abundantly. And we find that in his presence. We find that in knowing him and in knowing who we are in light of him. See, he cares about each and every single detail of our lives. But I think so many times we get distracted. We get distracted by, by uh, our, our, what just competes for our time and, and what we just strive for. See, I think we need to just make sure that we're evaluating that we're spending time at the feet of Jesus that we're finding refuge in him.
because his presence brings a peace which surpasses all understanding. And so if you find yourself weary this morning, if you find yourself struggling this morning, I want to challenge you and, and to just reflect. And you know what? Maybe this heavy burden that I'm carrying is because I'm trying to do all this striving where I just need to lay it down and sit at the feet of Jesus. Reflect on who my father is. Reflect on who he says. So can we just continue to prepare our hearts to receive the word this morning and just invite God's presence in here and just say, you know what? Above all else, I just want to know you more. I just want to know you more. I long to know who you are. I long to know your heart. Can we do that together?
receive them father that we let them resonate within us God so that we can draw closer to you father because that is what we desire is that closeness with our savior Jesus thank you Jesus we love you and we praise you in Jesus name Give Jesus a hand this morning. Amen. 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 Wonderful worship session. Wonderful. Well, welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm glad you all are here today. For those of you who do not know who I am, I am Pastor Tone. I am the youth pastor. It's live in here this morning. I like that. That's good. That's good. <laughs> amazing, amazing. Um, I, I've been in this. I've been at this church since 2006. I was in the middle school youth group. I was in the high school youth group, and then I started here as a production assistant, and then worked my way up through the ranks until we got to this point. And this is the second time they've allowed me to be on this stage. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
I'm, I'm sorry for what y'all are going to hear this morning. I'm just playing, I'm just playing, I'm just playing, I'm just playing. But today we are continuing our sermon series, CrossFit, and our focal verse for this series is in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. Please follow me along as I read. It says, exercise daily in God. No spiritual flabbiness, please. Workouts in the gymnasium are useful, but a disciplined life in God is far more so, making you both fit and, excuse me, making you fit both today and forever. And if you've been following us along in this series, we've been examining the exercises for spiritual growth, those actions, those practices that will help us grow as disciples in Christ. Last week, we discussed the fact that spiritual growth takes place when we allow the cross of Christ to fit us in every aspect of our lives. This week, I've been blessed with the opportunity to speak to you all about silence and solitude. Real quick, everybody say silence and solitude. We're speaking about silence and solitude. And I would like to begin with this simple question. Have you ever lost your balance? Raise your hand if you've ever lost your balance in this place this morning. All right. In what situations have you ever lost your balance? Somebody shout something out. Walking on the corner, climbing up the stairs. Whew, that's a tough one. Hit your shin. What do you say? Standing up, you lose your balance. That's a tough one, my brother. <laughs> huh? Dancing. Yes, dancing. There, huh? Yo, I don't know about that Yoda. I don't do no Yoda. <laughs> what is Yoda? <laughs> I'm just playing. <laughs> there have been tons of situations and circumstances where, you know, we've lost our balance. It could be in walking. It could be talking. It could be playing. It could be fighting. And it could be exercising. There have been many cases where I've lost my balance. And in a lot of those cases, it was because I couldn't see or I wasn't paying attention to what was in front of me right? I get distracted. I'm sitting here staring at the clock. It's telling me I got 16 minutes to get you guys out of here, but I'm sitting here paying attention to you guys' faces, and if I'm looking at your face, Jamie, I might come over here and trip over this thing, fall off the stage and fall flat on my face, and then I got to go to the hospital, and I don't want to go to the hospital because I don't like doctors. And all that happened because I lost my balance. Now I got to catch my breath. I'm sure a lot of us here could point out several circumstances, again, um, that would have revealed because we've lost our balance. But, you know, through, through all of the exercising, through all of the spiritual disciplines, through all of the physical disciplines that each and every one of us pursue, I've found in my life that balance is the key to physical growth and healthy living. I'm going to say that again. It's the key to physical growth and healthy living. And there are things in life that will let us know that we are unbalanced physically, mentally, and spiritually. I believe that one of the most neglected disciplines and exercises is the spiritual is a spiritual growth tool called solitude. Everybody say solitude. We live in a world where business inactivity is the norm, but you don't hear too many people talking about silence and solitude, do you? They're not highly prized activities. I'm charged with caring for our young people here in this community, in this body of believers, and that means that in any moment, I can be called upon to connect with, cancel, pray for, visit, or just help any young person in our community. And when you feel 
that type of burden weighing heavy on your shoulders, as I, I'm, I'm sure a lot of you here have a lot of things that's, that you do and you, you care for people, and there's a heavy burden that comes with that, right? And so when that's happening and we're not taking the time to practice solitude and silence, we end up getting cracked and crushed and unbalanced, and then we fall. How do we as believers, how do we as believers find and embrace the discipline of solitude? Let's take a look at Jesus and see what he's got to say. And do you know that silence and solitude were a regular pattern for Jesus in his life? Jesus found time for silence and solitude even in the busyness of his life, in his life. And I would go as far to say that he's probably been the busiest person here on earth to this date. How many of you like peace and quiet by show of hand? Do you really? Do you really like peace and quiet? How many of you got kids? <laughs> how, many of you, how many of you here need peace and quiet away from them children sometime? My mama told me that when I was young, and I felt unloved when she said that to me. <laughs> but it was the truth, <laughs> you know. And there are probably some other, other people in here that got some other things going on, and they say, look, I just need some peace and quiet right now. Maybe you got a spouse. I don't got a spouse yet, but maybe you got a spouse, and you just say, hey, babe, look, or hey, hey, uh, I guess you could say babe, by the way, it doesn't matter. Um, I, I just need some peace and quiet. I need you to go out, outside, cut the grass. I need you to go do your nails. Go Here, take $100. Go out. Have fun. And I'm just sitting there watching the football game, or I'm just sitting there talking to my lady friends or doing whatever, right? That's how we get peace and quiet, don't we? I want to I do a little test, okay? I'll do a little test. All right. So um, could, could any of you sit quiet for five minutes, let's say? Peace and quiet, just still, not doing nothing. How many could sit quiet for five minutes? Okay, cool. A few of you. Some of you are saying, oh, I just don't sit quiet, Tony. It's just, it's just not in my body. I don't do that. Um, <laughs> how many of you could sit quiet for longer than 10 minutes? All right, these are the real ones here. Okay, okay. Let's say how, how, how many of you could sit here longer than, than 20 minutes and be in peace and quiet? All right, so for the next 20 minutes, we are going to sit here in peace and quiet and see how all of us do. I'm just playing, y'all. Relax. Relax. I don't want a, a letter. And then in staff meeting on Tuesday, James says, hey, Tone, I got, a, I got a letter from a congregant that says they don't want you to speak anymore. So we're just going to keep you back on the drum set. Don't say that, people. I love y'all. I want y'all to love me back, okay? If you got something to say, come say it to me. But the reality is, is that it freaks us out sometimes. Quiet freaks us out sometimes. It's because we're not used to using it properly. When we use silence and solitude, it's a use for rehab and rehabilitation. And see, we can go through the ebbs and flows of life and not, and not seek silence and solitude or not get into a place where we want to rehab and we just keep on doing and doing and doing and doing, right? If you work out, I know your regiment. First day is push. I'm doing bench press and chest press and all this kind of pressing. And then the next day, I'm doing some pulling exercises to get my back strong. And then the next day, I'm going to do squats, 
I'm going to do legs, and then if I finish up with all of that, it's going to recycle. Or then I'm going to start doing cardio. I don't know what cardio looks like. I've never done it a day in my life. I don't ever want to do it, right? But the point is, there's a continual cycle that keeps on going and going and going because we don't want to stop. It freaks us out. It freaks us out. Dietrich Bonhoeffer wrote, we are so afraid of silence that we chase ourselves from one event to the next in order not to have to spend a moment alone with ourselves, in order not to have to look at ourselves in the mirror. You know, if we, if we follow Jesus, it's easy to see the examples he set when it comes to solitude and silence. In Matthew chapter 14, we got two examples that Jesus sought in, in, in silence and solitude. It says, unwilling to lose face with his guests, he did it. Ordered John's head cut off and presented it to the girl on a platter. She in turn gave it to her mother. Later, John's disciples got the body gave it a reverent burial and reported to Jesus. When Jesus got the news, he slipped away by a boat to an out-of-the-way place by himself. At learning about the news of, 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 of John the Baptist's death, Jesus sought solitude and silence. And the fact is, people, that death happens. Death is going to occur no matter if we like it or not, it's just facts. And it's probably extremely important that in those times, just like Jesus, that we would seek silence and solitude in those moments. There are storms of death and they will happen. And in those moments, we need to seek silence and solitude. Everybody say silence and solitude. A second incident that took place later on in the same chapter was Jesus, you know, his popularity had kept growing, and so did the demands of the crowds. Follow me along as I read Matthew chapter 14 and verse 23. It says, with the crowd dispersed, he climbed the mountain so he could be by himself and pray. He stayed there alone late into the night. Folks, peer pressure, popularity, whatever you want to call it. It's exactly that. It's pressure, right? And if we don't, we don't handle that properly, if we don't deal with it properly, especially in this fast-paced uh, world that we live in, we're going to crack under the pressure. We're going to lose our balance. There are times when we need to seek silence and solitude to help us recharge our batteries for those challenges that may lie around the corner. And excuse me, I got, the, I got wrong notes here because the fact is that the challenges are going to come. The storms are going to happen continually. And it's going to be your decision as to how you choose to deal with those storms? Am I going to keep turning to the things that I've turned to before? Am I going to keep on turning to the things that have led me astray? Because what ends up happening is I fall away from God. I distance myself from him. And if that's the case and I keep on doing the same thing over and over and over and over again, I'm going to continue to lose my balance until my legs fall off. I don't want that to happen. I like my legs. I know, I know that 
through all the daily pressures that Jesus faced, he sought silence and solitude. Maybe we need to take a glimpse into that and what Jesus did and apply that to our lives. There's a third incident that took place in Matthew chapter 14 that I think should also be mentioned. It's the story of Jesus calming the raging sea. He had sent them out ahead of them, but the Bible says, meanwhile, the boat was far out to sea. The wind came up against them. And they were battered by the waves. But watch this. This was a miracle that happened next. Jesus came walking on the water. That takes some really good spiritual discipline to walk across some water. I don't know if anybody here has ever walked across water. If you did, I need to have a discussion with you. (laughs) Some of you remember that Peter asked Jesus if he can walk on the water with him. And then Jesus simply says, come. And then, of course, Peter goes out. And then after he walks out for a while, he begins to sink. And then Jesus reaches his hand down and picks Peter up and saves him. Do you remember what happened next? This is found in verse 32. It says, the two of them climbed into the boat and the wind died down. The wind just went away. Check it. It is God. Not only does Jesus practice silence in solitude, but he can provide silence to our raging lives. Amen. He can provide calm in the midst of chaos. You might be in a storm right now. Maybe you just got through a storm, or maybe you're getting ready to go in one in this very moment, and you just don't know it. The storms of life will often batter us, but Jesus can provide peace in the midst of our pressures. Amen? Look at Psalm verse 89. It says, you, God, put the arrogant ocean in its, in its place and calms its waves when they turn unruly. And then in the book of Job, it says, all by himself, he stretches out the heavens and strides on the waves of the sea. God can provide calm even in the midst of chaos. Amen. We got to seek him in silence and solitude because when those storms come, if we're doing it properly, we will be prepared. So, walked you through a couple incidents where Jesus sought silence in solitude. Now I want to give you four benefits of silence in solitude. Number one, solitude helps me hear God's voice clearly. God calls us to enter our closets when we pray. Have you ever heard that passage of scripture where Jesus tells us to pray in our inner room? It's found in Matthew chapter 6. It says, here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. Ain't that right, young one? Just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. The focus will shift from you, me, to God. And you will begin to sense his grace. Now, this passage is not speaking against public prayer. It's not speaking against it. But it is instructing us to have our private prayers be exactly that, just private, with me and God alone. God wants us to have private time with him, and we need to seek that private time with him. We've seen plenty of examples where Jesus got away to the Father in private, you know, at the, at the death of John the Baptist, through the pressures of the popularity that he was experiencing. But there were times when we all need to get away, because we all will experience such things as atrocities like death. We will experience, you know, peer pressure. We'll be asked to do things we don't want to do, but then we do it anyway, right? And then we got to go away. 
We got to retreat into our quiet place. On Sunday mornings, that's usually my quiet place. And I can sit and look at everybody funny and not think they look back at me. But they do. (laughs) The Father wants us to seek him. And if we're seeking him, he's going to seek us. In Psalm chapter 46, verse 10, the King James Version, it says, Be still and know that I am God. And then in 1 Kings chapter 19, Elijah is actually seeking God. And it says this, it says, Then he was told, Go stand on the mountain at attention before God. God will pass by. A hurricane ripped through the mountains and shattered the rocks before God, but God wasn't found in the wind. After the wind, an earthquake happened. But guess what? God wasn't in the earthquake. And then after the earthquake, fire. But peep this. God wasn't in the fire. And after the fire, a gentle and quiet whisper. A gentle and quiet whisper. You see, I believe that there are times when God speaks to us in a gentle and quiet whisper. Amen? There are times that that God wants to come and and have a conversation with us, but the noise of life gets in the way. The noise of life stops us from hearing God or even hearing him clearly. We might hear something from God, and we might not hear it clearly, and then we end up going right instead of left. If we are filling our lives with noise, it's going to be hard to hear him. If we're going to be filling our lives with activities, it's going to be hard to discern his voice. I want to ask you all this. What do you guys do to get your quiet time? What do you guys, what do you guys go to? What do you guys retreat to? Do you, do you, do you sit in your car? Do you, listen to, do you listen to Jesus music? Do you turn on 90.5? Do you turn on 104.1? Do you, do you come to church to have your quiet time? Do you stay in your bedroom and, and read your Bible on your bed or go to a war room? What is it that you do, Right? And if you don't have nothing, I just gave you some good examples. Take them, use them. We, we need to be in a, in, a, in, a, in a space where we can have quiet time with God. Everybody say this, be chill. Come on, hey, come on, y'all. I need, I need some more. need some more than that. All right, come on. Be chill and be still. We need to be chill and be still because there are times when God wants to speak to us, and we're not being chill, and we're not being still. We need to spend time seeking solitude at the times to clearly discern his voice. And the second benefit of solitude helps me to build my intimacy with God. I know that when I have been alone with God, my relationship with him becomes deeper, and I can worship with him better. My understanding of him grows by the intimacy that I share with him. If you you want to know God, you need time away with him in meditation, prayer, silence, and solitude. Everybody say silence and solitude. I spend a lot of time with him in conversation, but I know there are a lot of times when I'm spending conversation with myself, and I honestly, you know, I I talk in my head a lot. I think a lot. I'm a big thinker. I've been taught to think, right? I've been taught to process, right? I'm a very cautious individual, right? And I don't really verbalize things that I do or say because it's got me in trouble sometimes, or it's gotten somebody else in trouble sometimes. But it was through God that he was able to shape me and mold me into the person that I am today 
and, and discern his will for my life. That's something that I can testify to. And that's something, if you, if you go talk to the people that I hang around, you can clearly, you could go and ask them, you could say, what is Tone about? What does he do? Tone thinks a lot. Tone thinks a lot. But he tries to be a man of God. He tries to be a man of God. What are you, what are you doing in your life? What are you doing to be intimate with God? What, is the, what are the stories that you've got that you can testify and glorify God? What did he take you from and shape you and mold you into? Or is he doing that right now? Those happen, those kinds of things happen in the storms of life. And we got to be able to discern God's voice, and we do that by silence, experiencing silence and solitude. You know, I, I think that, I believe that intimacy is more than just touch and feel or just having a good conversation, although conversations are great. I believe it's about having the ability to sit in someone's presence and just be joyful of the fact that they're there. Have you ever done that before? You just sat in somebody's presence. TV's off, sitting next to each other. I don't know if you're looking at each other in the eye. That's a little weird to me, but what has that been like for you? It's amazing. It is amazing. Our intimacy with God is reflected by our commitment to God, and our commitment to God is reflected by the amount of the time that we spend with God. Jesus gives us this invitation to spend time with him, and he says this. He says, look at me. I stand at the door and I knock. If you hear me call and open the door, I'll come right in and sit down and have supper with you. Here's number three. Solitude helps me express my faith in God. As Jesus sought solitude, don't you think that Jesus was expressing his faith in the midst of all that, right? Not just having an inward faith, but he was expressing his faith. It was through his relationship with God, the Father, that he was able to express himself and change and shape the, the lives of his disciples, right? We should be doing the same. If we, if we are truly discerning his voice, if we're truly spending time with God, if we're, if we're truly doing the things that he's called us to do, we're, we're praying, we're reading, and we're, we're acting out our faith, this is what he's called us to. Our intimacy moves into a place where we display outwardly what is taking place inside. Our inward intimacy is gained through solitude. Excuse me. Our intimacy gained through solitude is expressed in faith through obedience and service. We won't know what to do or what to join God in if we don't spend the quiet time with him daily. Right? I'm not, I'm not talking about five minutes. I'm not talking about ten minutes or twenty minutes or once a week or coming to church on Sunday. Oh, I got my time with God. I'm good to go. I'm going to come back and get recharged on Sunday. That ain't it. If that's what somebody told you, I'm telling you, that ain't it. 
we got to spend more time with God. It's got to be daily. If not every minute, then every hour. If not every hour, then it's got to be every second. We got to spend time with God if we want to discern his voice. You know, I hear often from our young people, and I got to tell you, it breaks my heart. Why isn't God talking to me? Why isn't God answering my prayers? Why isn't God doing what I asked him to do? <laughs> and I, the, 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 the only thing that God lays on my heart, the only thing that the Holy Spirit has me to say, and, and it might sound rude to some people, but it, it's the truth, y'all. How much time do you spend praying how much time do you spend reading the Bible? How much time do you spend doing what the Bible says? I might be asking you all this here today. How much time do you spend praying? How much time do you spend reading? How much time do you spend doing what the Bible says? And you're telling me you're going to get upset with God because he's not answering you? Double it. Double everything. Whatever you're doing right now, double it. I'm telling myself right now, I got to double. I got to double down. I got to double down. You know, our actions speak louder than words. As Jesus would go off and find solitude with the Father, people would notice. They would, they would see by his actions that he had faith in the Father because he took time alone with the Father. The book of Hebrews tells us it is impossible to please God apart from faith. And why? Because anyone who wants to approach God must both believe that he exists and that he cares enough to respond to those who seek him. You see, our faith is belief in action. Everybody say belief in action. If you really want to believe something, you will act on it. Jesus believed that God wanted to spend time with him alone, and so he would seek God in solitude and silence. People notice our actions. People notice our faith in God, and seeking him in solitude and silence is an expression of our faith. You know, to trust the Lord takes faith. To wait in silence takes faith. To seek God in solitude takes faith. But the promise is he cares enough to respond to those who are actually seeking him. All right, fourth point, y'all, last but not least. I'm going to get y'all out of here on time. Y'all can go have lunch. Solitude helps me become spiritually restored. You see, I, I think we live in a world where we get bumped, bruised, and battered. You know, Jesus had the daily pressures. Jesus went through the struggles. There were things that were consistently wearing him down, but he knew one thing for sure, that when he went to seek silence in solitude with the Father, that he was going to experience rehabilitation. He was going to receive from God what he needs to replenish himself to go right back into battle, to go right back into battle. He knew that an intimate relationship with the Father would restore him spiritually. You know, he had heard about the, the death of John the Baptist, and he, he, the news hurt him. He experienced those pressures, and it hurt him. So he went and sought 
silence and solitude. You know, and, and just like that in Jesus' case, the storms of life that happen with us, you know, if we, if we seek silence and solitude with God, Jesus can spiritually restore us. Amen? In the Gospel of Mark, it gives us different insights into the death of John the Baptist. It's an interesting perspective. Uh, watch this. He says, he went, cut off John's head, bought it back on a platter, and presented it to the girl who gave it to her mother. When John's disciples heard about this, they came and got the body and gave it a decent burial. The apostles then rendezvoused with Jesus and reported on all they had done and taught. And then watch this. Jesus said, okay, come off by yourselves and let's take a break and get a little rest. For there was constant coming and going. They didn't even have time to eat. I want to ask you all this. Do you, did you see Jesus' invitation there? He, he recognizes the fact that the, the disciples are going through a tough time. He recognizes that they're in the midst of a storm, or they just finished a storm. So just like Jesus was taught and understood, he said to them, come, rest, be at ease. Jesus will bring peace to the storms of life because that is what he does. He still gives invitations to each and every one of us. He did it back then, and he's going to do it now. He still offers healing. Our rest, our hope, our healing is in Jesus Christ. Amen? I believe that Jesus' invitation still stands. His invitation is still open. You have an opportunity to accept that invitation. You have an opportunity right now to meet with him, to come to him, to put your faith in him, to rely on him so he can heal your hurts. You know, I, uh, I, uh, I want to, want to ask you if, if you are, if you are hurting and, and you're, you just been going through storm after storm after storm after storm, if, if you are looking to anything other than Jesus, Right now, this morning, I want you to stop. I want you to stop. What's probably going to happen is if you, if you heed my words, if you, if you heed the words of Jesus this morning, you know, you're probably, you know, you, you might be like, all right, I'm going to be on a good start. Let's say you're going on a diet. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to eat celery today. I'm going to eat carrots. I'm going to eat vegetables for lunch. And then you're going to get home and say, I don't want to go out. And then you go to the pantry and you see you got some cereal and some milk and some donuts. It's like, all right, Jesus, I'll start to. No. Even if you go down, if you do, if you go for a month and you and you and you and you're doing exactly what 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 Jesus is saying, He wants you to pray. He wants you. He wants you to believe. He wants you to see. He wants you to act upon what what He's told you to do. And then you slip up. Tell yourself, stop. <laughs> 
Jesus wants you to seek him. So let's seek him together. Will you, will you come to him and say, Jesus, I just want you. Jesus, all I want is you. So here's some action plans to help us get ready, to help us get ready for that next storm, to help us seek silence and solitude. This is action plan number one. You're going to find and design a place for solitude. Right? Could be your vehicle. Could be here at church. Could be, could be at your house. It could be, you know, your bedroom. It could be a closet. It could be your basement. It could be outside. It could be in the woods. Whatever. Design a place so that you can experience solitude. Second step, quiet yourself. Quiet yourself. Ease your mind. Ease your body. Be still. Be chill and be still. Third step, learn to discern his voice. And the best way to learn and discern his voice is to pray, is to read, and to act. And last but not least, fourth step, practice, practice, practice. I was watching this video some time ago, and um, there was this father who uh, started training his kids, and um, he says, all right, if you guys want to train with me, you guys got to get up early in the morning. I'm talking 6 o'clock in the morning. No kid wants to get up that early. They already got to go get up and go to school in the morning. Why would they want to get up and work out? But nevertheless, the, 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 the father had a relentless pursuit and consistently said to them, you guys are going to get up and work out. So first day they get up and, and they're working out. And father notices kids got mismatched socks on. They got baby powder all over their shirt, teeth thing, brush, got a brown spot on the front tooth. <laughs> you know, they, they weren't prepared. But the father had this to say. He said, look, y'all, practice is not punishment, but it is the pursuit of perfection. Practice is not punishment, but it is the pursuit of perfection. I stopped everything that I was doing. I paused the video and I started crying. I don't cry. But the fact of the matter was, it resonated with me that God does that exact same thing. He comes to us in a relentless pursuit and says, hey, I want you to work out with me. I want to show you the ropes. I want to help you practice so that we can pursue perfection. Guys, that's all this is. We're practicing so that we can pursue perfection. And no, I did not say that we are perfect. I did not say that we are holier than thou, nor will I ever say that. I was born a sinner. I still am a sinner. But it is through God and the Holy Spirit that he feels me to be greater than I was the day before. And he is that way with you all this morning. Amen? Will you seek him and in silence and in solitude? Will you come to him and say, Jesus, I just want you? Let's pray. 
Father God, I just thank you so much for being here in this place this morning, God. You've, you've blessed us. You've anointed us, God. You've spoken to us, and you've been here with us. And I am so appreciative of that, God. I'm thanking you for the words that you have, have put and spoken through me, God, today. And I hope that somebody was just able to pick it up, just an ounce of it. God, that ounce means more than anything else. God, we need to be chilling. We need to be still. We need to seek you in silence and in solitude. God, help us to achieve what we need to achieve, which is being great disciples of Christ. Lord, we thank you for all that you've done and all that you are going to do. And it's in Jesus' name that we all say and pray. Amen. Love y'all. Take care. Thank you, Tone. What a great word. And I love that he gave us some action points so that it doesn't have to just end here and we just go on with our week, but we actually get to go and we get to practice this. You know, I actually know one of the action points I'm going to do is I'm going to find a place where I can go and I can uh, just get away with God. And that's the place that I always go to. And um, so hopefully you're going to take one of those action points and you're going to apply it this week. And, and the reality is our worship doesn't just end with the message and, and end with the music. It's, it's something we practice and we live out each and every single moment. And um, Also, another way that we worship here at Salem Fields is just through our giving. Through our generosity, you know, God has given us so much, and he's blessed us so much. And it's just a way that we can honor him by saying, you know what, God, you are first in my life. So I'm going to give you the first fruits of what you've given me right back to you for you to use to carry out into reaching this community for Jesus and to reaching the world. And so uh, there are a couple ways that you can give. You can give through the Salem Fields Community Church app. Uh, if you're here in the building, you can go out to one of the giving kiosks out there. Uh, online, just click that little green button in the right-hand corner. Don't feel obligated to give. Just give as the Lord leads you. And just uh, when you do, do so cheerfully as an act of worship. And uh, if you are a guest with us, we are so glad that you decided to just come and check out this community. Uh, it is a great place to be. God is moving here. Um, and we would love for you to be a part of it. And one of the ways that we can connect with you to get to know you a little bit better is for you to fill out a connection card. Now, uh, there's some paper ones out at the giving kiosk, but you can actually do so really quick. Uh, you can scan this QR code if you have a, an iPhone. Uh, if not, you can just go to salemfields.com slash guest. And it literally has everything that you could possibly want to know about who we are. But there's also a connection card that you can fill out there. And it's just really quick. You can just provide a couple of things of information, and we can reach out to you and just get to know you. I want to encourage you to do that. Um, again, we're not going to come and, and hunt you down, but it's just a way that we can just reach out and say, hey, you know, we're in a different environment in this COVID era, and so there's not many opportunities uh, to necessarily talk in person, but we would love to be able just to contact you and reach out, get to know you a little bit. Also, uh, engage with us on social media. We have things throughout the week on Facebook and on Instagram. On Facebook, Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, we actually dive deeper into the message, um, so, you know, to be able to talk about those points that maybe we didn't get to finish uh, here, So I want you to definitely uh, check out and follow us on social media. Uh, also, we send out a weekly newsletter to let you know everything going about at the church. We have so many events, so for me to stand up here and tell you everyone would be difficult. But you can actually just scan that QR code up there, and it'll send you right to the page. And uh, you can sign up for that, or you can just go to salemfields.com slash news at any time. And you can find out all the information that you can want to know about what's happening here. 
And one of the amazing things that is happening here is on May 2nd, on Sunday, we are going to have our State of the Church weekend. And so this weekend we are going to do board elections. So if you are a member of Stanley Fields, you'll be able to vote on that. But also Pastor James is going to cast vision for the year. He's going to tell us where we're going, where God has led us, but where we are going. And it's going to be an amazing time. We just want you to make sure, try every way possible to be here in person or online. It's going to be an amazing time. Uh, we love you guys. We appreciate you. We pray for you. Uh, if at any time you need prayer, there's pastors out there. Or if you just, again, want to talk to someone about from whether it be the message or, or just anything, uh, we would love to connect with you guys. But, again, thank you so much for being here. We'll see you right back here next weekend, whether it's in the building or online. God bless you guys. We appreciate you. Hey guys, well, we are so grateful to have you worship with us today, and I hope that you heard from God today, and that through the scripture, through the music, through the, the preaching and the message, and even just our time in prayer, that God has spoken to you. And uh, we as a community here at Salem Fields, we want to connect. We believe that church is more than just attending a service, and one easy way that you can do that go beyond that is join us for our Zoom lobby time that we hold every week in between the nine o'clock and the 11 o'clock service starting at about approximately 10, 15 each week. Just about a half hour long uh, by Zoom. We just chat from wherever we are. We talk a little bit about the message, some things that stood out to us, as well as be able to pray for one another. And I'd love to see you over there. That's where I'll be, if you missed that this week, make sure that you join us for that next week. So don't be a stranger. Uh, know that you are loved. You are a part of our community here at Salem Fields. And I hope that you have an awesome week ahead. God bless.